Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. It's the second week of July. It's supposed to be the dead week on the sports calendar. Not in 2021. Euro and Wimbledon finals. Home run derby on Monday. All-star game Tuesday. The Open, don't call it the British Open, starts Thursday. A Conor McGregor fight tonight. We'll have a complete breakdown on UFC 264 with an MMA odds maker and the voice of the USC, John Anik. I'm on Twitter, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. So we've got all these massive sporting events going on simultaneously. At least our guy, Rick Camp, we know he's in on the NBA Finals. He writes about the player props that he loves on 4 for 4. Had a terrific game number two. He produces You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. Rick Camp at Rick C. Camp. So he's in on the NBA Finals. But I'm guessing, Rick, that uh, you've got no time for the Euros Final tomorrow. UFC tonight. Wimbledon uh, wrapping up this weekend. Because I guess... I, I don't even know what sport you're talking about. Every weekend I wake up and I check Twitter to make sure I didn't miss any news. And I see Rick C. Camp tweeting about some sport I've never heard of, some sort of racing. I don't know what league it is. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who he's talking about. But you've delved into some Twitterverse I don't want any part of. That's fair. I mean, what I, is it? What is the sport again? F1. It's it's the F1 racing. So there's <laughs> F- a lot of I got F something. Well, facts. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's uh, this Netflix series called Drive to Survive, which really kind of was used as a launching point for a lot of people in America to kind of get into F1. And it's essentially like there's three seasons of it where you go behind the scenes of not just. F1 in general, but the drivers, their teams, all the inner workings. It's kind of like 
uh, hard knocks or all or nothing, but somewhat even more inside where you get immediate reactions to a lot of stuff that's happening. And with the nature of F1, you get to hear all the radio communication, but in race. So you get a lot of cool stuff there. What is happening? I know. So Are, are you truly intrigued or are you just keeping this rolling as a bit? I think the reason I'm intrigued is because the races are Sunday morning at like 8 a.m., Okay. So for now, until the NFL really gets going, there's nothing to take the place of it. So it's kind of a why not when there's nothing on on a Sunday morning anyway. And the qualifying is Saturday morning. So if I, it's like really good for the when you first wake up and you're trying to get conscious and just have something on kind of in the background that you almost pay attention to. That's what it's there for for me. And thankfully, the little bit that I've been betting on it, I've broken even so far. So I'm kind of learning a few things. And hopefully I'll be making a little bit of money in the in the future. But I also do have a future on Italy in the Euro. So okay. I may not watch it, but uh, but I'll be rooting for Italy. <laughs> okay, so it's filling a void. There's that. Now, it's one thing for you to be betting on the NBA every single day. And I know you're going to be sad once this series wraps up. That's one thing. That's your number one love as far as sports goes. Yep. But I know you've reached true degen status. That's the part you are not confronting. You're a true degenerate because you are betting F1 racing every single weekend. Yeah, it's going to be weird this weekend. There's no race. They've got a. They've got oh, a. Darn. They've got a week. Yeah, I know you're heartbroken, but uh, they've got a. They've got a weekend or two off. They just had two straight races in the same track because there was one. Uh, one race that had to be relocated because of COVID concerns. You know way too much. Just <laughs> you know way too much about this. This is insane dude, the, to me. Dude, the bet. The bet that I won was yeah. margin of victory. That it was like either less than four seconds, four to eight seconds, or eight plus seconds and eight plus seconds was like minus 115 when i got it and it was like it it was easy you know all the sports are back right you don't have to be the dgen watching kbo baseball at 4 a.m like all the sports are back i know okay all right the people are mad at us you're here to talk about nba finals (laughs) it's my job as a host i am failing let's get to the nba finals all right max verstappen's winning the championship and uh, red Red bulls winning the constructors championship so there's that there's a constructor i have many questions but i don't want to waste the people's time out there (laughs) looking for picks for tomorrow in game three but let's uh let's go big picture here in the nba finals we're two games in we have the two days of rest before we get to game three I thought Giannis was going to be making his return tomorrow. That's what I thought. To the surprise of many, he was out there for game one, and he looked really good for what we expected. He was a Superman all by himself in game number two. But Suns took care of business, take a 2-0 advantage. 89% of the time, the NBA Finals team that goes up 2-0 ends up winning the championship. Last time a team came back from 0-2, Cleveland Cavs 2016 against the Golden State Warriors. What's really changed over the last two games? Because this was expected. The Suns closed as four-and-a-half-point favorites in both of their home games. They've dominated all season long at home, and they won those two games. Milwaukee's down 0-2. Going back home, game number three. Isn't this what most of us expected? I know it's what I expected. One thing that has that is a little different is just how off Drew Holiday has looked offensively. Ugh. I mean, it's it's really been a rough look when he's on the court at the same time as Giannis. It's kind of surprising that it's been this way throughout the playoffs because 
these guys had a whole year to kind of get used to playing with each other. Like Drew Holiday in game two was wonderful defensively. He was incredible on the defensive end, but he was just a zero offensively for them, except for like the early couple minutes when the Bucks were really able to get into the paint. So yeah, outside of that, I think we've seen a lot of what we expected. Maybe maybe you could say the Bucks have made some more adjustments and tried more things than you would have expected than the biggest Bud Cynics uh, would have said. In Which is gym, everyone. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I am no you know Mike Budenholzer guy, but mm-hmm. I give him a little bit of credit for trying some different stuff in different lineups. And like in game two, seeing, boy, Bobby Portis does not have it today. Okay. He plays like five minutes and then he he's kind of off. That's just his thing. He's, he's done. So I, I appreciate him for that part of it. But yeah, I I I think Milwaukee or, or Phoenix is proving to be what we thought, which was a team that has answers for pretty much anything anybody can throw at them. You had a Chris Paul game, you had a Devin Booker game, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton has been exactly what they needed defensively, and you had a game where one of their other guys really stepped up in terms of Mikhail Bridges. And even with the two injuries now to Dario Saric and Torrey Craig, which you know does change things at least a little bit. If the Dante DiVincenzo injury has uh, taught us anything, it's that even the littlest injuries to someone that's still in a playoff rotation, it matters. But mostly, this is the same series that we kind of all thought it was going to be as we head over to Milwaukee. Giannis is doing everything he possibly could, but the problem is he isn't getting enough help from his guys in the backcourt. He needs more from Middleton. He didn't get it in Game 2 from him. And in both of those games, Drew Holiday has been dreadful, missing 10 shots in Game 1, 14 shots in Game number 2. And before the series started, the Suns were minus 200 to win the title. And now, after starting 2-0, they are minus 500. Have to bet $500 to win 100. Now, on the flip side, the Bucks down 0-2 going home for the first time in the series. They're plus 400. Giannis, to win MVP, it's plus 400. They are saying there's a 100% chance that if the Bucks win the title, Giannis is your MVP. Nobody would argue with that. However, this is what I don't understand, Rick. Tell me if I'm missing something, because... Part of these awards is handicapping the voter, and you have to take notice of the narratives that are out there, the stories being written, what the headlines are from each game. While the Suns are minus 500 to win the title, the favorite to be the MVP is Chris Paul. It should be Chris Paul. But the gap, Paul is minus 130 to win the MVP, but the Suns are minus 500 to win the championship, even though Booker was phenomenal in Game 2. Do you really think that's going to happen, or is it going to happen in every game where he's leading the Suns in scoring? I think the price for Paul should be higher. I think it's insane that he's only minus 130, and with a 2-0 series lead, that seems like an incredible amount of value. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you are at this point and you have not gotten in on Phoenix and you want to get in on Phoenix, don't do it on the series price. Do it via Chris Paul MVP because there is so much value there. Now, if Drew Holiday is going to spend the entire series on Chris Paul, you know, that could maybe give Booker a little bit more room if he has good games in Milwaukee. However, I don't think it's going to be enough to overcome the narrative and just overcome the fact that 
Chris Paul has the ball in his hands so much that he's the one orchestrating everything, or at least that'll always be the perception. So at this point, considering the two games they've had to start, it's really hard for me to see a way outside of something unforeseen, like knock on wood and an injury or something to Chris Paul to where he would not be the MVP if Phoenix wins. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score previewing Game 3 of the NBA Finals, which takes place tomorrow on Sunday at Rick Camp on Twitter. So we've been here before on both sides. Suns, this is the third straight series. They've taken a 2-0 advantage here in the postseason. And the Bucks were down 0-2 to the Brooklyn Nets. And we mentioned earlier that this has happened before. It's only been a uh, handful of times, but it's happened before. NBA Finals team comes uh, comes back down 0-2. But that would mean that the Bucks would have to win 4 of 5 from Phoenix. And they'd have to win there. And they'd have to win there. Right now, you look at it, they're going to have to win both of these home games coming up. Is there any value in looking at the underdog right now in Milwaukee? I don't think so. Yeah, I, it's just it a feels, tall task. Man. Yeah, and the thing is, like, Phoenix is the best defense they've faced in the playoffs by a wide margin. They're so good defensively. I mean, these are the top two defensive teams in the playoffs. And as this series goes on, uh, even though it's hit the over in the first two games, I really think unders are going to start to come in a little bit. Even though, if you were to say which of these teams is more mm. of an over team, it's Milwaukee. I just think that this thing is going to become more and more defensive as it goes on, as the coaches are able to make more adjustments. I mean, the thing is off of game two. One of the biggest differences between game one and game two was how Milwaukee defended Phoenix in the corners. Phoenix loves taking threes out of the corners. They were top five in doing that in the regular season in the playoffs. And Milwaukee's been top five in the regular season in the playoffs at stopping those. So... You get to game one, and Milwaukee only gets 5% of their shots from the corners, which is low for them. You go to game two, it's 19% of their shots. They went 3 of 5 in game one from the corners. In game two, they went 10 of 17. I think that's a fairly easy adjustment for Milwaukee to just say, hey, unless you're seeing a straight line drive to the basket, stop helping off of the corners so much. Because Milwaukee has people that, while Bridges and Crowder can't necessarily create too much for themselves, they can hit a catch-and-shoot opportunity, and that's all Phoenix really needs them to do. So Milwaukee has to take away their easier shots and make them put the ball on the court if they're going to score. All right, I want to get your pick for tomorrow and your favorite player props. Campy, I'm glad you mentioned that you think the defense is going to tighten up as this series moves along because the total has gone over in games one and two. And what do we have? The highest total that we've seen in a game in the NBA Finals. It's up to 222. Games one and two, they closed Suns favored by four and a half. We switch venues, desperate Bucks squad. The Bucks are favored by four at home. Side or total, what interests you? Before you answer, I'll just quickly throw out that uh, I think the Bucks will win. I'm considering betting them in the first quarter, which is minus one and a half, or first half, which is minus three and a half. But at the number of four, I would just look for a good spot to jump in live at a pick 'em or plus money with the Bucks. Hundred percent with you on the side. The, yeah, the Bucks minus four screams stay away to me because 
Do I think Milwaukee's going to win? Yeah. But am I convinced it's going to be by more than a possession? Not necessarily, because Phoenix still is damn good. Zach Lowe's used the term resourceful, that Phoenix is the most resourceful team in the playoffs. And I think they've they've proven it to that point. And Monty Williams is so much more willing to make adjustments in-game and, quite frankly, better adjustments in-game. While I think Milwaukee's going to win, you still can't rule out Phoenix winning. But I do like that total. I do like the under. And the thing is, maybe it's just a you wait as long as possible, but obviously track the movement because I was expecting the total for game two to start heading down, but it ended up going up to about 221, 221 and a half by by tip. I'm going to probably wait as long as possible and then bet the under if this thing's going to keep going up yeah. because I do like that under. Yep, I think that's a stronger angle moving forward and maybe it's going to help us. We're getting a few extra points to work with if we're going to be betting on the under as the series moves along. So good stuff there. Uh, Rick, go ahead. Pat yourself on the back, as Lawrence would say. Barry Horowitz it. It's fine, just so the people understand how good you are at NBA player props. Tell everyone how you did on Thursday. It definitely wasn't bad. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, I've had so many, like... Better than F1 betting? Better than F1 betting. So instead of having, like, normally I've been around four and three or, like, five and two nights, which are obviously good and they're making money, I went seven and oh on my player props. Uh, And the one that I I think has the most staying power moving forward in this series is Jay Crowder over rebounds. So in game two, he ended up having 10 boards on 16 rebounding chances. And something we mentioned before when it comes to Dario Saric injury and Crowder basically being the backup center now, he's going to get a lot of those rebounding opportunities. And especially even with the starting unit, Mikhail Bridges is more or less staying on the outside or he has a primary defensive assignment. DeAndre Ayton is going to get his, but when you have Booker and Chris Paul that – you know, they get theirs, but it's not an overwhelming amount. And especially when you consider the second unit, there's so many opportunities for Jay Crowder to get in there and be in a position to get rebounds that it makes a huge, huge difference. His average distance of rebound was 5.4 feet from the basket, which for a guy that generally plays a little further out is pretty short for him and shows that he's closer to to crashing the glass even more defensively, especially. So I really like that one moving forward. And then P.J. Tucker gets a couple looks early. His his points total was only four and a half last game. He hit that real early. Mind you, didn't really get a shot in the second half. You know, it was over four and a half points. He ended up with seven. That's something you can always attack. And then I think if Drew Holiday is going to stay on Chris Paul, Chris Paul's going to have to settle for more three-pointers, or it's going to be a situation where Devin Booker is handling the ball more, and you see things like what happened in Game 2 where Chris Paul's in the corner getting some catch-and-shoot opportunities. So while the the over two-and-a-half threes didn't hit till later in Game 2, I think that one has some staying power. And kind of along with that, Devin Booker over assists. It was four-and-a-half in Game 2. If he's going to have the more advantageous matchup, they showed he's getting those opportunities, and his vision's gotten a lot better. He showed that when Chris Paul was out. He showed it again in game two. So I think there's still some value left in that line. Okay, so over on Tucker points, Crowder rebounds, Paul threes made, and Booker assists? Yes. Okay. There's a few more that I want to ask ask you about, okay? Free money, by the way. They were giving out on Giannis in game two. 
<laughs> 26 and a half. Yeah. Now, now we're up to 32 and a half. That's where it should have been. 26 and a half after what we saw in game one. I couldn't believe what they were offering there. Like, give me all of that, even at 27 and a half at tip. Like, yep, please, please. Giannis is going to go way over, and he, and he went over in the third quarter the other night. Now 32 and a half. They finally made you pause a little bit. Uh, Middleton and Holiday, they were a big story in game two. Nothing from the backcourt. Well, Middleton's still at 24 and a half, and Holiday's at 19 and a half. Do you trust either of them? If I'm going to trust anything on those, it's going to be the Holiday under because yeah. it's, it's, it's going to miss hit. a lot of shots. Yeah, like he did get 21 shots, which is a good sign to hit that over. Like he scored 17. With as bad as he played offensively, he still scored 17 points. Mm-hmm. So coming home, maybe that is. A thing, but I tend to think this is going to be more of a Chris Middleton game for game three. If either of them are going to bounce back in a big way, it's going to be Middleton. Three's made over two and a half. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I agree. And it's not even juice like it was in game two. Yeah, I think that's a solid look. So I I think that's a good way to attack him. If you don't want to necessarily go with the points, go with that 24 and a half, the over two and a half threes. Makes a lot of sense to me because he's just going to have Mikhail Bridges on him, and there I could easily see him. You know, he loves those threes. You know, at about the break. So if he just wants to get the ball there and just pull up, maybe one step behind the line, and just give himself some space from the super long arms of Mikhail Bridges, I could mm-hmm. easily see him doing that, especially if he's trusting a shot that day. Uh, one more, Rick. A couple on the Sun side. We talked off air about Chris Paul assists. The numbers eight and a half. He could have had many, many more, and it's such an efficient offense. So is Chris Paul over eight and a half assists a look? And Devin Booker, he scores thirty-one. He's getting some buzz for Finals MVP. Scores thirty-one. He needed seven threes to get to that thirty-one mark. Am I insane for looking at Booker under twenty-eight and a half points? I don't think you're insane for looking at that under, especially in a game that we expect Milwaukee to win. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I might actually dig in a little bit more on that myself before we get to tip. But I, I do think that makes some sense. The thing is, if Drew Holiday is going to be on Chris Paul, he is going to have the better matchup. Like there were times in that game where I wonder how many of those three pointers end up being drives to get to his mid-range shot or getting to the basket but because he was just feeling his shot so much he was just saying well screw it i'll just pull up from three now the chris paul assist thing in the series so far he's averaging eight and a half assists on 20 potential assists a game which is crazy that that is a huge number however i keep mentioning the the matchup with holiday on defense holiday was that good defensively that i worry a little bit about that going into game three because it just does prove out that role players tend to shoot better at home. You get Bridges, you get Cam Johnson, you get Crowder away from Phoenix, bring them to Milwaukee. Are they able to shoot as well, and are they going to get quite as many wide-open opportunities? I'm a little skeptical of that. So while I'm probably going to end up being tempted to play that over, I think I'm going to stay away. That's Rick Camp. He writes up NBA player props, 4for4.com. You better, you bet. Producer at Rick C. Camp on Twitter. Rick, thank you. You gave us a lot of good looks, some different ways that we can bet Game 3 tomorrow of the NBA Finals. Gun to your head. Is this a 4-5 or five game series or 6 or 7? Probably 5. Oh. I'm, I, I'm hoping it's 6. I have a Phoenix 4-2 to two ticket.
Yes, yes, that was my uh, prediction as well. All right, thanks, Rick. Maybe we'll talk next week. Hopefully the NBA Finals are still going on. Absolutely, and I'll have a fresh F1 update for you. (laughs) (laughs) One of the big sporting events of the weekend, McGregor Poirier 3 tonight. We take a deep dive into that card with the voice of the UFC, John Anik. And hear from an MMA Vegas odds maker next. You've got Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365 and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670, The Score. Anything Conor McGregor is an event. So I know many of you will be staying up late tonight for UFC 264. Play-by-play announcer John Anik will be wide awake bringing the energy like he always does. Here's Anik discussing the Vegas scene at tonight's fights on BetQL Daily. I think it's the perfect storm. You have our first event with fans at T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas since March of 2020. And you have a guy in Conor McGregor who is unquestionably the biggest superstar in our sport. So this is as sought after a UFC ticket as I can remember. I got dudes texting me who I haven't heard from in like 10 years. So I think it's going to be an exciting weekend for us. And obviously the main event uh, is a rematch of a fight that happened six or seven months ago. Conor McGregor was prohibitively favored that night. Uh, it's essentially a pick this weekend. So I expect two-way action leading up to fight night. 
Yeah, you got the trilogy in Vegas, and I just I can't imagine the energy. I mean, you guys have been here throughout, and I know it, it was tough on you, say, a year ago. I mean, you're calling fights with nobody in the stands and how you feed off the energy of the crowd, even though you would always do what you can. Something with, uh, we've noticed with some of the other sports that aren't as popular at UFC, but they were here a year ago. It's carried over into 2021 for golf and horse racing with sports betting. So it's helped with their popularity. E even though UFC, one of the most popular sports already with betters, have you noticed that it's gone to the next level this year? Yeah, I mean, I think you set it up well. I think that we really capitalized on the pandemic. You know, I guess I could have probably picked a better verb, but we were the only show in town for several months, and we did 41 shows amidst that global pandemic. So I think that helped swell our fan base, especially domestically in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of these people, when they see this sport for the first time, they get the bug, and a lot of these people are placing bets on the fights. I think it's a great sport to bet, not for nothing. You got 13 fights on a fight card, right? So if you lose a couple early, there's a lot of time to uh, to chase, so to speak, and make your money back. But I've noticed a major difference in my life just walking around, the media uh, obligations and everything else. Our sport is in an entirely different place than it was you know, in March of 2020, the last time we were at Team Overland. John, what do you make of Conor McGregor as an underdog, plus 105? You don't see that often. Do you think we'll see a motivated McGregor as a dog here? Oh, there's no doubt he's motivated. The real question is, has he done the right work? I don't think anybody questions whether or not he has put in the time and the man hours. The question is, has he done the right work to produce the desired result? But I don't have to tell you guys, you're betting the number and not the fighters. So this is a favorable matchup for Conor McGregor, and you're not paying minus 300. You can get him at plus 108. So I would think that would be somewhat appetizing for betters. But, of course, the recent meeting between these two, despite the fact that Conor McGregor won that first round, according to most observers, but he got knocked out. And that is something that you got to think is going to weigh heavily on him, juxtaposed against Dustin Poirier, who is just overflowing with confidence, right? He's not being tight-lipped about anything strategically or otherwise because I think he believes he's just – the better mixed martial arts athlete. And, and if he can navigate those first few minutes, you know, he believes this is his fight to lose. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Poirier people are bullish on him, but you're certainly not getting anywhere close to plus 250 that you could have had back in January. Uh, John, with this fight, what about big picture? Uh, the legacy for both fighters? How much uh, does Saturday matter? Well, Conor McGregor, as you guys probably know, was the first simultaneous two-division champion in UFC history. And you can never take that away from him, and he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you look at a guy in Dustin Poirier who has had no break whatsoever in his developmental MMA time. While Conor McGregor has been off applying his trade in boxing, you know, really focusing on boxing for that Floyd Mayweather fight all the while, Dustin Poirier has continued to build his MMA legacy. So even though Dustin Poirier hasn't been an undisputed UFC champion, this dude's got 11 lightweight wins compared to just one for Conor McGregor. Most people believe 155 pounds is the best weight class for both of these men. Dustin's won 11 times as a UFC lightweight to just one win in the title fight, obviously, for Conor. So I think both of them are Hall of Famers. I think certainly for Poirier, to stack wins over McGregor here in 2021 would be huge for his legacy. But for Connor, I mean, he's back to prove that he can still hang with this sports elite. And a win for him over a 2021 edition of Dustin Poirier uh, would be enormous. So there's a lot on the line. There's no doubt about it. I think there's, there's equal pressure on both sides, honestly. 
John Gilbert Burns, last fight for the middleweight title. Now he's an underdog against Wonderboy here. Why? Well, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is about as difficult a puzzle to solve as there is in the sport. Most people believe he is one of the top two or three strikers in UFC history. And the thing about Wonderboy, who has been kickboxing since he was three years old, he's never in the rush for the finish. And he is able to change up the tempo of his strikes in such a way that you never really know what's coming and from which angle. Gilbert Burns is a friend of mine. We have the same strength and conditioning coaches in South Florida. He has brought in Raymond Daniels, a decorated striker in his own right, to try to sort of mimic Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. But Burns, despite having the number two ranking, is the underdog for a reason, right? Stephen Wonderboy Thompson deserves the distinction as the favorite in my mind. I think Gilbert Burns has to pursue a floor fight. I mean, he has a lot of knockout power. I know some handicappers I've talked to like this fight to go the distance at minus 110 because they don't seem to love one side or the other. I think Gilbert Burns can certainly knock out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, but the path of least resistance for him undeniably is to somehow, some way, try to take Stephen Wonderboy Thompson down. Uh, John, also on the main card, we've got the former Cowboy, Greg Hardy. Can you talk about how impressive, ever since he's become a professional over the last few years, uh, what he's done in his career? Yeah, I mean, there's no denying the work ethic, Joe. I think the real issue for him has just been his cardiovascular base and his grappling and his wrestling. And a lot of the wrestling stuff in MMA requires major energy expenditure. So if you look at Greg Hardy's last fight, he fared pretty well against Marcin Tabora, who is a bona fide credentialed UFC heavyweight who has now won five fights in a row. I mean, Hardy's hands looked fast. His takedown defense looked pretty good. But once the fight hit the canvas, I don't know if it's his asthma or what it is, but the dude just gasses. So as a better for me, in one breath, I would say, man, Greg Hardy with all of the athletic gifts, with all the power in his hands and, and the improved striking acumen overall, plus 115, maybe kind of juicy, but I never want to be on a guy whose cardio has proven to abandon him time and time again, right? Like when I'm betting on MMA, even though contractually I'm, I'm not allowed to do it, but when I'm handicapping MMA, I always want to be on the better cardio guy, generally speaking. So I don't know. Ty Tuivasa is, is favored to beat Greg Hardy, and uh, I think he has more ways to win, does Ty. But the real pause for me in back in Hardy is not that he hasn't developed his skills. It's just that he has this undeniable tendency to guess. The great John Anik, voice of the UFC, with me this week on BetQL Daily. Catch my show weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app and on 105.9 FM HD2, 105.9 FM HD2, The Bet. How about the perspective from the other side of the counter, as they say? This is Nick Kalikas, odds maker at Circus Sports, discussing the money that McGregor brings in from the average Joes. The casuals, I mean, if they hear Conor McGregor is fighting, there's no research needed really for <laughs> most people, right? They're just going to come in and fire, just like the Super Bowl. A lot of people are casuals, even if they don't really bet throughout the year. They want some action on the Super Bowl. I think we're going to have something similar here. Um, with Conor McGregor. So we are seeing some of that already, but it's going to get a lot more heavy. But as far as Mac bets and stuff like that go, yeah, we've our limits right now for the fight online on the app or whatnot are 50K. So not just over the counter. If you want to come up to the counter, we could probably accept more. So we're willing to take more because we're going to take 100K on fight day. But right now, standard app limits are 50K at Circus Sports. So we're getting some max wagers coming in already at that price. And I expect more 100K wagers come in as well. Yeah, Nick, uh, to your point, I've been hearing from some people that uh, do bet UFC, but on the big events. So a McGregor fight, they're going to jump in. Uh, they're going to plunk down the money to watch it, and they want to bet on McGregor. 
many are shocked that McGregor is the underdog right now. Where are you guys at Circus Sports? And you mentioned you expect more McGregor money. That's fairly obvious. Where do you think it's going to close? Are, are we talking all the way to a pick em? Right now, we're sitting at Poirier minus 140, the comeback on McGregor plus 120. Now, the action has dictated where the line went. I opened McGregor minus 120, even money on Poirier. And the flood of action started coming in on Poirier. I wasn't freaking out at all because I expected it, to be honest with you, especially off that last performance. A lot of people, the narrative is Conor McGregor is at that point of his career where, you know, he's living that luxurious life and people don't think he's taking the sport as serious or whatnot. And I I think people are just underestimating him a little bit. And I know the Conor McGregor money is going to come back in. So we try to stay ahead of it a little bit, sort of speak. And I expect a lot more money to come in tomorrow on Connor. But early on, it's been Poirier. We're getting more max bets on Poirier as well. So we're heavier on Poirier right now. But, again, when it's all said and done, the money will be on McGregor. And I think we're going to be probably needing McGregor slightly before it goes off. I wouldn't be surprised if this drops back down towards a pick fight, a true pick Nick, which other fights uh, stand out to you on the undercard here? Because usually people get into it like, all right, what else is going on? They might take a few here, there, the undercard. Is there one or two that a lot of money's coming in on that you're interested in that, that you really think is going to be um, a really interesting and, 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 and great fight to watch and to bet on? Well, the co-main event is definitely interesting because you have Burns that's just coming off that title fight loss against Usman, which obviously Usman is a respectable champion. We just saw he did to Masvidal. So losing to Usman is not bad, and Burns has been on a pretty nice rise to get to that point. The other end of it, Thompson's kind of flying under the radar. I mean, he's an elite-level striker, and matchup-wise, I mean, this is a pretty good, interesting throwback type of fight because you got Burns, a jiu-jitsu guy, versus Thompson, the striker. But the action has been crazy in this fight. Early on, it was Thompson. We got a lot of sharp action going Thompson's way. And now, as we get closer to fight day, we're seeing a lot of public action come back in on Burns as well. So we're heavier on Burns, but the action has been crazy for this co-main event as well. Uh, Nick is also a better himself. So, Nick, tell us about uh, some of the picks that you really like. Yeah, I like one ladies matchup that has my eye for sure is um, Kunitskaya versus Aldana. Right now we have it's Kunitskaya minus 105, Aldana minus 115. That's going to be a high-level ladies match. It's an important fight for that division as well, and I think it's going to be a very competitive fight, but the underdog at minus 105 I think is probably the way to go. Kunitskaya is a grinder. She's starting to adapt to that style a little bit more, and that's what I think she's going to implement here in this fight. So I think she's going to make this a kind of dull, boring fight, and I know a lot of fans don't want to expect that, but that's the way she's going to get the job done here. She's going to grind against the cage, try to get some takedowns, and control the fight and tempo, and then land some shots along the way. So I think that's going to be a pretty exciting high-level fight. So if you're going to bet a dog, I think Kuniskaya might be one to target this weekend. Nick, take us through how the odds are. You arrive to the odds for a UFC bout. You know, for I think the major sports, it's pretty simple, right? The strength of schedule, how good the team is, injuries. These are one-on-one bouts. And sometimes you know, these fighters haven't fought in a while. They fought someone that was a different style the last time they fought. How do you come to odds in UFC bouts and matchups? Like, what, what, co- what goes into it to get to you guys to having dogs and favorites? Well, I mean, first of all, a lot of research. I've, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now across the board, like as far as setting lines or whatnot. So, I mean, through the years, you kind of develop a style and, and develop a game plan and format to go about it. And, but a lot of it's research, a lot of it's film study, of course. And you put a price out there that's going to be attractive, and you have to kind of include the public perception into that line as well, oftentimes. So you just kind of factor everything in and, and get yourself – in a spot where you're comfortable opening that line. And then, of course, you let the action kind of dictate where it goes from there. So more times than not, it obviously works out for us. Uh, MMA, it's a beatable sport for sure, UFC and MMA. I mean, a lot of bettors that do the research can win betting on UFC and MMA consistently throughout the year. I mean, it's not easy. You're going to take your lumps and losses for sure. But 
the majority of the people that really do the research, I think, can be winners when it comes to UFC. But most of the public, of course, does not do that homework and do, do that research. So, unfortunately, for most cases, that's not the case. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting sport. And I think it's a little bit different than anything else out there. Nick, uh, as you know, all sorts of narratives out there for your main event, McGregor-Poirier fight. Excuses and, okay, this is about the legacy. Now we have a motivated McGregor. Do you throw all of that to the side? I know as an odds maker, you're supposed to, but uh, that's how a lot of people are going to bet. Do you do you buy into any of those sort of narratives? We have such a small sample size. We haven't seen much of McGregor over the last few years. Right. No, I think you have to take some of that into consideration because some of it's true, right? I mean, but at the same time, there's a lot of recency bias that goes into fights. I mean, you're only as good as your last bet. You're only as good as your last fight. I mean, that's the case for a lot of people. So in most people's minds, yeah, I think that is, what they're thinking right now where with McGregor just we haven't seen enough of him and and you know that's reality I mean I wish he was fighting more consistent but that's the thing here in this spot I mean he's fighting what five six months after their last fight right so it's he's getting right back in there and I think he's going to try to be obviously more active after this fight as well so if that's the case I think that's going to be really good for him but as far as ignoring the noise I think you kind of have to I mean a lot of people are going to talk now again of course you have to kind of plan ahead and, and assume or or try to anticipate which way the action is going to come. And I knew it was going to come towards uh, Poirier, like I said early on. I expected some of that. So the anticipation and the adjustments made, you have to kind of, I guess, ignore the noise to a certain extent. But at the same time, it is going to factor in because you know it's going to be coming, if that makes sense. It will be entertaining and hopefully a strong close to the trilogy between McGregor and Poirier. Circus Sports, Nick Kalikas with me on BetQL Daily. Join us weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on 105.9 FM HD2 The Bet. If you have an HD signal or in the Odyssey app or on the BetQL Daily podcast. PointsBet has a bunch of cool promos for this weekend. Jim Miller fills us in next. Early odds, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early out to Joe Ostrowski, Saturday's Sports Radio 670, the score every week, 8 to 9 a.m. And every week around this time, we bring in Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on the Twitter machine. And Jim, I feel like it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Starting tonight and through tomorrow night, boy, if you love big events, big sporting events, and you love betting on them, this is the time of the year for you. It's typically the dead season, but tonight we've got a Conor McGregor fight, UFC 264, a massive card, NBA Finals game number three, Wimbledon's going to wrap up tomorrow, the Euros final tomorrow. So if you're into these huge events, you're going to be bouncing around from sport to sport, betting on sport to sport. And here's the thing, Joe, that's so cool about it is before – it seemed like, oh my gosh, everybody just waits for the start of the NFL season to really get going. That's not the case anymore Mm-mm. because there is so much going on. Points bets being very smart about exposing players to some sports that may have been deemed a fringe sport in the past. You talk about UFC, talk about Wimbledon, something like that. Something that you may have viewed before, but maybe not wagered on. And they're very smart about how they're handling their wagers. And then still, of course, going with the big time with the NBA Finals too. But man, so much going on this weekend and you can kind of spread things out amongst sports and really get viewing action from morning to night. And hey, I'm looking forward to Monday's Home Run Derby. I'll be betting on that. I want to get a pick from you on that fun event. I think always better than the actual game on Tuesday and Thursday. It's the last golf major of the year. Uh, But where we started NBA finals. 
Wimbledon, UFC tonight. I noticed over a points bet, you guys have promos for all three events. And they're risk-free promos. So that's the cool thing about it, Joe, is you get exposed to these bets, maybe on, on sports that you may not normally play, and it's risk-free. We'll start with USC. Conor McGregor's fight against Poirier. Just pick a fighter. Put 25 bucks on a pick a fighter to win. If they win, you cash. If they don't, you're going to get 25 bucks right back in wager. So you start right there. Then go to the NBA Finals. Any game in the NBA Finals, your first single-game parlay is a risk-free bet up to 25 bucks. Just play a three-plus leg parlay, and you can get that bet risk-free. And then Wimbledon, we talked about this last week, Joe. It's kind of cool because if you're following a match and you can see the ebb and flow of matches, you can do in-game wagering on matches, and you bet the next game. And again, it's a free live wager on the next game. It's very cool to just check out. Watch if somebody's struggling. Watch if someone's rolling. I always play somebody on the service, and you again, a free wager, go out there, get a chance at this free money, and then kind of build up your bankroll. McGregor or Poirier? And Poirier. McGregor is a great show, and he is, and I love watching him fight. I just think Poirier is a better fighter. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm going with McGregor. We're going to go oppo there. We're going to finish up the trilogy tonight, UFC 264. There are always a lot of ways to make some money. You can, you can go uh, by submission, find different ways if you like a favorite. Some people, they uh, parlay a bunch of fighters if they're on a bunch of favorites or even uh, dogs. Typically, you can find some big underdogs to get home in the UFC and you can have yourself a very profitable evening. How about the horses today? That's uh, that's why the people come here every week to hear from Jim Miller. What do you think? Well, we had a good week last week. We had a win and a second for our horses. And, and this week, the big card is Saturday, actually, at Belmont Park. So we're going three stakes races at Belmont. Race number seven, the Belmont Oaks bet the eight-horse Gams mission across the board. Race eight in the victory ride stakes bet the one Bella Sophia across the board. And then race nine is the Belmont Derby on the turf. Bet the five de jure across the board. They all should provide some value. Horses with different running styles, but it's a very good card at Belmont. And then it kind of gears you up for the night of racing action at Hawthorne, too. There you go. Perfect stuff. Jim uh, usually finds us a winner there, so I think we have one there. And the Home Run Derby on Monday. Coors Field, man. Coors Field. Don't forget, if you're betting on this event, it's not about the most home runs. You have the bracket style, so it's one versus eight, Otani against Soto. The four or five on the left side of the bracket is Salvi Perez, Pete Alonso, I guess the defending champ, but we have to go back to a couple of years ago. And over on the right side of the bracket, you have Joey Gallo against the hometown guy, Trevor Story in the two seven. And in the three six, Matt Olson against Trey Mancini of the Orioles. Otani, the heavy favorite. He should be the favorite. The guy won't stop hitting bombs. I mean, who knows? By the end of the season, we might talk about him uh, breaking some of these home run records. Do you have a pick? Here's the thing that's cool about this, Joe. They are not going to use the humidor for the baseball. So these things are going to fly a mile. That could make the difference for a couple of home runs that just barely get out. I'm going for the upset, and I'm going for a major upset. Juan Soto has a beautiful swing. He's got a ton of pop. If he upsets Otani in the first round, he wins the whole thing. I'm putting my money on Juan Soto. Okay. That's interesting. So I was thinking that you probably want to look over on the right side so you can avoid Otani as much as possible. 
but you're saying forget all that. Go after Otani right away. Get Soto because if he beats Otani to start this thing off, it's going to be easy sailing to the final. Well, and the only way I think you beat Otani is to beat him early because you know that a lot of this is about rhythm and getting into just the feeling for the timing and that kind of stuff. This is the first time Shohei Otani has done the home run derby. What happens if he hits just a couple of line drives, rolls over one or two balls there? There's your opportunity to beat him. And I think Juan Soto has a chance to put the pressure on him and maybe upset him early. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, and I I will bet on it. (laughs) I will watch it. Otani and and Joey Gallo, that's very cool. And you've got to have the hometown guy. Trey Mancini, great story. Pete Alonso, we know what he can do, even though he doesn't have a ton of home runs this year. But I really wish Vlad Jr. said yes. I really wish Tatis wasn't dealing with the shoulder. And I wish Kyle Schwarber wasn't on the injured list. That would have been more fun to me to see Kyle Schwarber than Salvi Perez. Because you see Schwarber with a huge swing, a guy that can just absolutely murder the ball and was having an incredible season. And that is, if you saw those three stars, and they're all considered young stars still, I think that would have brought a lot of flair to it. But you're right. The Home Run Derby, to me, is the highlight of the All-Star Weekend. I think it's upstaged the game for many years now. I love the format. In Colorado, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, best of luck with all your bets over the next couple days and actually weeks. <laughs> it's not going to stop. Don't forget about that Open Championship. I'll be breaking that down. And we got to get ready for that. And you can talk about in-round action for the Open Championship, which we'll do next week. Talk then, Jim. Thanks. You got it. Thanks, Joe. It was Lord Stanley's Cup earlier in the week, and a number of titles, crowns, whatever you want to call them, handed out over the next few days. If you missed any of the past hour here on Early Odds, use a rewind feature on the Odyssey app or subscribe. Listen to the Early Odds Joe Ostrowski podcast. Full preview of NBA Finals Game 3 with Rick Camp to start the hour. Also had three insightful UFC voices on McGregor Poirier 3 and the rest of tonight's card. Best of luck with everything. Catch me during the week on BetQL Daily weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app under the BetQL network or on 105.9 HD2. That's 105.9 HD2, the bet weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. There's the BetQL Daily podcast as well. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cast tons of tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.